Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. the best baseball insiders in the world always enjoy catching up with him here on the show he's joining us now via the brown and crouppen celebrity line you can of course find his work over on espn.com you can also find him on twitter he is at buster underscore espn buster we appreciate the time as always man i'm sure there's nothing keeping you busy around this time of the year with officially one week away from the trade deadline how are you doing this afternoon I'm doing okay, and yeah, you framed it right. I mean, we get to this time of year, and, and all the conversations you have with, uh, you know, with the executives is about the trade deadline. And you know, this year in particular, it feels like about 90% of your conversations are about Juan Soto, who I, uh, you know, I've been saying on TV, and I don't think I can say it enough. Um, when it, when he gets traded, if he gets traded, he's going to be the most significant young player traded since Babe Ruth. Uh, he's 23 years old. He clearly is on a trajectory to be an all-time great, um, and so it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, you know, the conversations going on in baseball right now about Soto. If you would have told me even six weeks ago, Buster, that it was possible a that Juan Soto would be traded, and then b when those conversations arise. Not only will the Cardinals be in consideration, but they will be one of the primary teams that are connected in those conversations. I would have been absolutely shocked. I, my question to you, Buster, and I'm really curious your response on this. I understand that the Cardinals have the type of players that the Nationals would be looking for. Their farm system is great. They've got a lot of young, cost-controlled talent on the Major League roster as well. I get all of that. That makes sense to me. Do you think that the Cardinals, though, would be willing to match the price that the Nationals are almost certainly going to set to trade Juan Soto? Yeah, and that's, boy, <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could tell you what's going on exactly in the head of John Mazalock when he's looking at, you know, what the asking price is from the Nationals. Uh, I would say this, you know, the Cardinals historically, and you know this better than I do, uh, when they talk about acquiring stars, what they tend to like to do is to have guys come in, get comfortable, see how wonderful the city is, see how wonderful the team is, the response from the fans, and then sign that player to a long-term deal. Uh, they don't like to acquire players who have a, you know, typically a massive contract uh, already attached to them. You know, Nolan Arenado would be uh, some exception to that. And that's the opportunity they would have with Soto. 
you know, the fact that he is at this point only arbitration eligible, you know, $17.1 million this year, probably in the low to mid 20s next year, then about $30 million the year after that. If you're the Cardinals, then you might say, you know what? We feel confident that we could bring this guy in now. Uh, and he's going to wind up loving it here, and we're going to gamble that we could do that. And here's the thing. Like, if I were in a, in a conversation with the Cardinals front office or any other front office, if you look at the history of, of these massive, uh, you know, star for prospect trades, uh, it's incredible how one-sided it is that almost every time the team that acquires the player uh, winds up uh, the superstar player winds up making a good deal because the fact is is that when you get in, you know an inside uh, or, or excuse me inner circle star the way that Soto is um, you uh, it's really hard for any offer to replicate that value you know when you look at Soto and you, let's say you line up four or five of the you know the top Cardinals prospects there's a really good chance that no matter who, whatever names you want to put in there, soda is probably going to exceed their value. History tells us that when we look at deals like, you know, Vita Blue and Tom Seaver, uh, just about every deal except for when Glenn Davis was traded, uh, uh, you know, the Baltimore Orioles by the Houston Astros. That was a rare exception when you don't get equal value back for a, a player at that level. Buster, if the Cardinals do pursue a Juan Soto, just just speaking in realistic terms here, is there any chance that they pursue some top-level caliber of starting pitcher that they really need to be a one, two, or three right now in order to make a run at a World Series title? Well, and here's the deal with that. There really isn't a lot of elite starting pitching available. Uh, again, if I'm sitting in, a, in the Cardinals' front office, one of the questions that I would have is, yeah, we all recognize the need for rotation help, but is there real uh, tangible difference-making rotation help available? Luis Castillo, as you guys know, of the Reds, he's available, uh, and I think he's going to be traded before the deadline, but is the price for the Cardinals just going to be above and beyond, say, what's being asked for the Yankees or the Dodgers because it's not a division rival? I think there's a real chance that's the case. And then you go from there to Frankie Montas. Uh, of the Oakland Athletics, who's had some shoulder issues of late. Is that necessarily a sure thing that the guy's going to come in? So I could easily see an argument being made within the Cardinals front office. Look, we can't upgrade the pitching the way we want to, but if we bring in Juan Soto and we put him uh, in between Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado in our offense, maybe that's how we make our team better. Because that, that would be a significant upgrade. And then, you know, as you move forward into 2023 and 2024, that's when you focus on trying to get that starter that they clearly need right now. Buster only is our guest here on 101 ESPN. Buster, on that pitching front, uh, we talked to Jim Bowden earlier today, and I'd be curious your thoughts on this as well. The three teams that I'm keeping an eye on in relation to possibly trading a starter would be San Francisco, Miami, and Boston. And you've got Carlos Rodon, Pablo Lopez, and Nathan Ovaldi on those three teams. It looks like we lost Buster. We'll try to get him back on the line here in a second. I think you guys know where I'm going with this question of, okay, if those three become available, does that change the Cardinals' potential interest in Juan Soto? 
because those guys would require a at least a reasonable return. Um, you've got two of them, Nathan Avaldi and Carlos Rodon, who will be free agents at the end of the year. So it's not going to be a huge haul, but it's going to take something of substance. And then with Pablo Lopez, you've still got another two years of control after the year. So you're going to have to give up a decent amount there. We've got Buster only back on the line. Buster, I was saying the three teams that I'm curious about what they decide to do is San Francisco, Miami, and Boston, because they do have that frontline pitching you're talking about with Rodon, Lopez, and Avaldi. What is your sense on whether or not any of those three could realistically become available in the next week? Yeah, uh, Rodon is definitely one to watch because, as you've seen, the Giants have collapsed. And we just had him on, uh, you know, on our, our first uh, broadcast after the All-Star break against the Dodgers. That's a team that's clearly in trouble. Um, you know, 107 wins last year, way down this year, no production from Buster Posey, you know, retired, Belt, Crawford. So if they were to put Rodon, who's got to opt out in his, in his contract at the end of this year, out on the market, I don't think that would surprise anybody. Avaldi, um, the Red Sox right now, from what I understand, is sort of on the fence which way to go. They're talking with other teams about trading J.D. Martinez. Uh, they're not as aggressive in their conversations with Xander Bogart. Avaldi so would be one of those guys who might have value in the moment. But I will tell you, he looked terrible the last time out. <laughs> His first start of the second half, I think uh, he, he was the guy who started that game that was 28-5. to five. I think he allowed nine runs in two and a third innings. Then there's some speculation among rival evaluators that he might have some sort of a back issue. And, you know, in the current front offices, uh, they typically don't pay attention to small sample size. This is the one time a year when small sample size can matter. So we'll see if, uh, you know, that that would be the case. And with the Marlins, uh, it's interesting. They're not really in the race at this point, but they're not really out of it. The best chance for them probably in 2023 is to take a big fo- uh, step forward uh, you know, by adding some offense because their pitching is pretty good. And it's just a question of whether or not they, they are willing to break apart that pitching. I have not heard from any general manager that, uh, that they're hearing from the Marlins are willing to sell some of those guys. Buster, is there a starting pitcher on the market that we've not mentioned that seems like it would be a viable option to improve the Cardinals to some level? Please. No. <laughs> that's, what I, that, that's what I go back to what I was mentioning before. If you don't feel like you have access to Castillo uh, with the Cincinnati Reds um, and, and you've gone through all the names of guys who probably would be more like number three to number five starters, Rodon is interesting. There's no doubt about it. Like that to me would be the guy if you're the Cardinals you're looking at. But if you're you know thinking about Soto and you're thinking big picture, if you can upgrade your offense significantly uh, with a Soto, then that might be uh, your our internal argument to be like, look, we, it's, we there's no perfect solution out there in terms of our pitching, but we can make our team better by you know adding a Soto, grabbing one of these relievers who are out there loading up on bullpen as much as we can, that's how we would be dangerous. Because let's face it, guy. I mean, you go Goldschmidt, Soto, and Arnato. good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun to watch. And I know, by the way, they're doing the same exercise in San Diego when they can talk about Tatis Jr. and Soto and, and Manny Machado. Uh, the Blue Jays, who knows? Maybe they're having those conversations. But that, to me, given the fact that there's not a wealth of really good starting pitching available – that, to me, would be one uh, conversation the Cardinals should be having. All right, Buster, let's continue down this path then. 
Here's a question I have not seen the answer to. A, what's the urgency for the Nationals? Do you think that they feel an urgent need to trade Juan Soto at the deadline? Or do you think it's possible if they don't get the return that they're absolutely looking for, they wait until the offseason? And then B, what is their motive? Is it to shed salary in this deal or is it to get the greatest possible return for Juan Soto? Basically, I'm asking, do you think that they are for sure going to just trade Soto or do you think they're going to try to package the Patrick Corbin deal with him? I think they're going to trade Soto, and the reason why is, is actually something you didn't mention, and that is this ownership transfer. Uh, look, if, and I've seen this in, not only in sports, but you see it in other businesses as well. When you have someone who comes in and says, look, I want to buy your business, but I need you to do the dirty work for me before I come on board. Uh, you know, that might be if, if a company's being sold from one uh, billionaire to another, he might say, you need to fire the, the CEO, the you know, the, the number two person, number three person, you have to clear the decks. Uh, I think that's what's going on in Washington, where you have that the Lerner family is selling the Nationals and the incoming owners, I believe, based on what I've heard, have basically signaled, look, uh, we need the Soto situation resolved. We know that he turned down $440 million over 15 years, which kind of tells you Soto doesn't want to stay with the Nationals. When you turn down a record-setting offer, that says a whole lot. And if you're the incoming owners, you don't want that blood on your hands where you're like, hey, we just took over the Nationals. Oh, yeah, the first thing we're going to do is trade a Hall of Fame talent. <laughs> That's the mistake that Derek Jeter made when he took over the Marlins. It was like, yep, we're new. Um, Derek Jeter, I'm going to run the franchise. Oh, by the way, we're trading Stanton and Yelich and Real Muto, which is why the needle, in part, I think, didn't move with the fan base. So you've got the ownership transfer happening I wrote a piece in, mid, in mid-May uh, about how everyone was watching to see if Soto would become available. And at that time, Mike Rizzo, who's the general manager of the Nationals, came down and said, we're not trading Soto this summer. That's ridiculous. We're not even going to talk about it. He totally dismissed it. Well, you know what? He's done a complete 180. What drove that change? It is possible that they could hear the offers and say, look, maybe we should wait till the wintertime. But that's only if the ownership situation is not driving the change. The fact that Rizzo has changed so dramatically and is now aggressively listening and going through the offers, that's a sign to me and and some of the executives that I've spoken with, yeah, they're going to trade him. Buster, I was looking at a projected package, really just a rumor of what it would take for the Cardinals to get a Juan Soto. And one of the ideas was Dylan Carlson, Matthew Libertor, Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, and a pick. One, do you think that's even realistic to get a Juan Soto? And two, with a front office like the Cardinals, who have been so meticulous in their player projections through their farm system, do you think they'd be willing to give that up? Yeah, I. <laughs> and it on paper in this, you know, in this world in which prospects have, have never had more value than they do right now, um, that sounds like a ton. Like, it absolutely sounds like something uh, crazy that no team would ever consider. But then we return back to the conversation of uh, Juan Soto, when and if he's traded, will be the most significant young player traded since Babe Ruth. And you cannot, when you look at the the, the history of the deals, uh, it always turns out well for the team that took on a superstar talent. And Soto is that guy. So my, you know, my instinct based on what we've seen from the Cardinals front office would be like, no, I can't see them giving up prospects. But then 
I'm saying if they would ever do that, it would be for this guy. Now, the big X factor in all these talks with Rizzo, uh, and I've heard this from executives of other teams, is that he doesn't work like a lot of the modern front offices do, where he doesn't keep as many teams involved and circle back and try to get everybody bid up the offer. He tends to look at specific prospects that he really values in other organizations and says, I want that guy. Last year, when he had Scherzer and Turner uh, out on the trade market, he specifically targeted uh, the Dodger prospects that he wound up getting. Uh, I talked to other teams who, you know, according to reports, were involved in the talks, and they were like, we didn't even get off our first base hmm. with, with Rizzo. He specifically worked with us. And I, I've said all along, I think in this uh, situation, the Padres are the most motivated team, and the Cardinals are the team best able to pull off the type of uh, massive uh, deal that's going to be required for Soto because of the players involved. But I think the framing of your question was perfect. Would the Cardinals do that? I, again, if I'm sitting in there and I'm you know, the baseball historian sitting in the corner saying, look, do it. Whoever you put in that deal, four or five players, Juan Soto, if you can keep him during the course of his career, is going to far exceed whatever value you get out of those guys. History tells us that. Buster, final question that I've got for you is centered around Jordan Walker, who some, at least that are in the business of prospects. Listen, I, I've never watched the guy live. I, I don't know what he's going to be, Me but either. some seem to believe yep. that he's maybe the top prospects hitting wise in baseball right now. The Cardinals absolutely adore the guy. I mean, they, they have said like the only guys that project similarly to Walker in their system that they've had in the past are Albert Pujols and Oscar Tavares. Like, that's the company that he's keeping in terms of their system right now. They would love to keep him and to not give him up. And in just about any conversation, I would say it's a non-starter to even have him involved in the talks. Do you think there's any way that the Cardinals could get this done without Jordan Walker? And as you were saying, your last answer, I, I couldn't help but wonder, is that the guy that when we look back on this entire sweepstakes, Mike Rizzo says, I had my eye on him. That's the guy that I wanted all along. Yeah, I, I, I can't answer that. Cause I don't know what Rizzo wants. Uh, you know, and I got to believe they'd want to put him in. And look, uh, you know, we we all love prospects in, in baseball now. As I mentioned, they've never been valued more than they are right now. All you have to do is to go back in recent years and look at the number one, number two, number three picks. These are really smart people making their these decisions, and a lot of them don't pan out. You know, baseball is not the NFL. Baseball's not you know in the NBA where you're picking LeBron typically. Uh, you have a lot of things that happen. And, you know, to trade a, a Walker for a Juan Soto, you're basically taking a guy who has proven himself to be uh, like one of the, arguably the top hitter in baseball right now for a guy who hasn't seen a pitch in the big leagues. I'll say it again. It's not even a discussion for me. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Uh, you know, the, when I was at the All-Star game, you know, talking with, uh, some of the National League All-Stars, and asking about what separates Soto from Austin Riley, Tony Gonsolin, and others, they're just like, nobody has his combination of skills. I, I, and he, the, comp, the profile, I'll give you one example. The last young player, 24, uh, who, you know, Hall of Fame caliber player, traded at 24 was Miguel Cabrera. His adjusted OPS at that time through his age 24 season was 147. Juan Soto is a year younger, one year less experience. His adjusted OPS is 160. Like, it's significantly better. So when you can get access to a player like that, 
Good Lord. <laughs> Look, you had, yeah, I, I'm trading whatever prospect you want uh, and getting him into St. Louis because he could impact you this year, the next, next year, and the year after that at the very least, and you hope you sign him long term. Buster, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you so much for joining us in what I know is a crazy busy time of the year for you. We wish you all the best over the next week. Hopefully we'll talk with you again soon if the Cardinals end up making one of these big moves. Okay, sounds great. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.